the Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Roostruck. I'm here with my special guest, David Lewis. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Now, hey. you actually do one of the products we don't talk about very often as a society, but yet it's very much needed, and that's life insurance. Yes. So we're going to make this break it down a little bit because it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, an author, or just need it in your daily life. Life insurance is something you should have. Uh, yeah, I think for most people, it can it makes sense. It it, it really depends on. Um, and I hate I hate to. I mean, that sounds like a cop out, but it, that that whole like it depends. But it really does depend on you know kind of your long term vision, uh, goals, you know, and long term financial goals. Um, I hate to say that there's somebody that doesn't need it, but you know, maybe, maybe, out, maybe somewhere out there, there is somebody that doesn't need, it. I don't know. I haven't met that person, but maybe they, I, hypothetically, maybe they exist. Okay. The hypothetical, maybe there yeah. is someone that doesn't need it. We'll go with, yeah. okay, they don't need it. But in, in general, in general, most yeah. people need it. Yes. And if you're a business owner, you really do need it because what happens to your business if suddenly you're not here? Right. So, so that is a, um, that's, I think that is sort of like the base, the base case for life insurance, right? So nobody really knows when they're going to die. That's not, that's not something that you spend all day, every day thinking about. And so, but, but that risk always exists. And the older you get, obviously the higher that risk becomes. So somebody who's in their sixties, obviously at a higher risk of dying than somebody in their twenties and thirties. Right. So that's like the base case for life insurance. You're hedging against, yeah, you know, it's just like every other insurance. You're hedging against the risk of loss. What's my risk? Do I want to cover that risk? And then that determines how much insurance you buy. Right. I mean, you don't think about it too much. With 2020, I think a lot of more people are thinking about it, especially business owners, because we have the whole unknown now. We have this terrible virus out there. Now, that is right on our brain because now we are thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. So 2020 is sort of an anomaly in terms of life insurance because a lot of people, that sort of woke people up to the idea that, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should take out a policy. Maybe I should apply and find out. Uh, it, It really did bring it to the forefront of people's minds. And, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say that, you know, what happened in 2020 was a good thing, but it, it is, it is interesting. I would say it is interesting that it kind of woke people up and probably a lot of people who needed to be woken up because, you know, they live in denial. They, they don't want to think about the idea that maybe they might not be here. Right. Now, a lot of your clients, according to your website, are people that really, you get the ones that don't think they need it or don't, want to spend thousands of dollars on life insurance, but yet you get them to see the advantages of having it. So what are the advantages other than the, okay, I'm not here, so who's gonna pay my bills after? Yeah, so so like I said, so that's kind of the base case for life insurance is, is talking about um, what's gonna happen when you're not here. And so really like, I mean, the the, the benefits, there's a couple of different ways you could look at it. So, you know, just like, you know, as we just talked about the main benefit or the primary benefit is if I'm not here, who's going to take care of my dependents? I mean, that's kind of, 
you know, kind of the very basic benefits of life insurance. Um, and that's, that can usually be covered by something called term life insurance. So term insurance is simply a, you know, it's a financial product that covers the risk of your death. And so you can buy that in a, like a one-year term, five, 10, 20, 30 year. I mean, they have all different kinds of products, right? So you could buy it, you could buy it for whatever term that you want. The, the, the thing with term insurance is that it's all always going to be a short-term product. So it's always going to cover the short term. And then on the other end of that continuum is whole life insurance and whole life insurance covers you as the product says for your entire life. So the difference between those two products though, is that term insurance is primarily about making sure that when you die, that there's money that is left over for uh, dependents or other, or beneficiaries. Like if you have a business partner or something that there's money that his family can then, or her family can buy, uh, can buy out their, your share of the, of whatever you had invested in the business so that, you know, that your family doesn't, you know, sometimes I, you know, you see situations where the families, you know, that didn't intend to be in business with someone else ended up in the family business or in a business. And it's, that's not really what they want. That's not where they belong. And there's no easy way out of there because those shares are valued at a certain amount of money and they need to buy out. They just don't have the money. And so life insurance is like that ticket to get out of that business and, and, and uh, provide the money so that, you know, people can be bought out of the business after the business owner's gone. Um, with, when you're talking about whole life insurance, which is a, constitutes a lot of my business, it's not just about the protection, uh, against death, financial protection. Um, it is also about fundamentally about saving a long-term savings, a savings that will last literally your whole life. So you start paying premiums into a policy, just like you would with term insurance. And then over a long period of time, savings accumulates. And that savings is there for you when you need it. So it's a it's considered a guaranteed form of savings. And so as the premiums are paid and as the savings goes up, the amount of insurance actually goes down and the savings effectively replaces the insurance. So the goal with whole life insurance is to hedge against any risk of loss of your income, which would then uh, prevent you from saving money for long-term financial goals. So for business owners, it is providing capital and cash flow when they need it, which anybody who was alive last year knows that the, one of the big reasons why businesses didn't really make it, the, the businesses that struggled and didn't make it was lack of capital, lack of cash flow. All of a sudden their business was shut down and they had two to three weeks worth of cash, no insurance, not no savings really saved up in a savings account. So they, they had nothing, they had no way to sustain the business. Right, and we see this a lot and people don't understand you can borrow against your whole life insurance. Yeah, so, so that's one of the key benefits of, of whole life is that you can go and you can uh, take out a loan against the policy. You can also do a, what's called a partial surrender. So you, you can either effectively withdraw money out of, back out of your policy if it's set up for that. Um, and it has to be set up in a very specific way for you to do that. But uh, you can either withdraw money or you can take out a loan against it. And the loans from life insurance companies are, uh, they work very differently than loans that you might get from like a, like a bank or a credit union or some other place. So with when borrowing against the policy, the insurance company gives you two, basically two things that you can do with it uh, that you can't do with other uh, types of loans. Firstly, when you, you don't need to qualify for the loan, you basically just need to call them up and say, hey, 
I need some money. And if there's enough cash value in your policy, like if you have 10,000 in cash value, you can borrow up to $10,000. If you have 100,000, you can borrow up to 100,000. You can borrow whatever it is your equity is in the policy. Um, and you don't need to really, once the policy is in force and once, every, once you have been making these premiums, you don't need to say, you don't need to beg and borrow, beg to uh, the insurance company to borrow back the money. Um, the other thing is, is that when you do repay the loan, um, uh, well, secondly, you don't have to repay the loan. So, so there's no, re, there's no strict repayment term. So nobody's going to come knocking on your door and saying like, Hey, you owe us money. Um, because all of the loans are secured against the cash base. So all the loans are basically secured against the money that's already there. So they, they already know where they're going to get the money from. If you don't pay it, if you don't pay the loan back before you die, it just gets subtracted off of the, uh, the death benefit. And then the other thing is, if you do decide to pay back the loan, the insurance company allows you to pay back the principal uh, during the year before you pay interest. And most loans, but really all loans, you're paying interest on the loan to the bank before you're able to pay down the principal of the loan. With life insurance, it works in reverse. You pay down the principal first during the year, and which ultimately, if you set up an actual like scheduled payment, results in less interest than you would normally have to pay if you were taking out you know, a conventional loan. We've done this with my grandmother's account. So, <clears throat> yeah. sorry. But yeah, taking out a loan against life insurance, yeah, it, it's a lot easier than getting a loan from any bank. Right. Like, it, it's insane. It's so easy. And if you have the money there, you can use it. It's a savings account basically for when you need it. Right. And for business owner last year, if you had the life insurance and you actually had equity in the life insurance, it saved your business. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of this, the business owners that I know of uh, that had, uh, and, and, and all the business owners that are my clients, mm -hmm. they have, and, and they used it too. So if they were in an industry that was negatively affected, um, they had access to the money. And so they, they could go and they could, just borrow against the policy. And the insurance companies were actually, um, they, they went to extra lengths to expedite loan requests because they knew that special circumstances, they didn't have to do it because they, they will typically say, we can provide you a loan within you know, so many days, but they were expediting requests because A, they had the cash because they always make sure they have you know, liquidity. They always are making sure that they have enough money on hand that they can meet all you know, loan requests and cash uh, uh, um, uh, any any request for the cash, whether it's withdrawal or a loan, and uh, they just knew they just kind of had a sense for you know the urgency, mm -hmm. and so you know they and the way that life insurance companies look at these is they know that it's the policyholders' money, and it's just basically on loan for them to use you know and invest in a conservative way until the policyholder uh, the policy owner needs it. That is a wonderful way to look at money. I wish more companies actually did that. <laughs> yeah, it it used to be common. It used to be more common. Um, it did used to be very common that corporations would buy uh, life insurance. It is still common to some extent. I mean, it's 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 typical. The people who know about this and the people who do it are usually it's usually something that like their parents taught them, or they have a friend that's doing it. Um, or it's a, uh, not so much in the large corporations anymore, but it, it, tr traditionally that was something that was very common. Corporations would all carry lots of cash value life insurance because in 
because it was a great source of liquidity. It was a it was an easy way to tap into capital that they needed to uh, you know expand the business or to meet some sort of short-term cash uh, need, or sometimes even it was a long-term cash need. If there's sufficient cash values, uh, if the policy was designed to grow a lot of cash value, you know, they would use it as the basis for their pension plans. And it provided you know, a, that guaranteed growth rate, which then they could take and turn around and use either an annuity or something else. And that would kind of smooth out the income that they could pay to their employees. They never had to worry about this thing with the stock market. Is the stock market going to use 7% or such or whatever? Are we actually going to be able to afford to pay these pension claims? It wasn't even, it, that wasn't even a question because everything in, you know, whole life insurance was guaranteed. They knew exactly how much money was going to be there. So there was no question as to how much they could pay their employees. So they could make them, you know, a 30 year promise. When you retire, this is how much we're going to be able to pay you. No questions asked. We already know this is going to work, and uh, and and they, and they did. All of them did. So it was it was a lot less. There was there wasn't this with the four hundred one k. Not to to you know uh, talk bad about four hundred one k's, but the, it was different. It wasn't like this thing where there was a big question about uh, quite a big question mark about how much is going to be available in the future. They knew how much was going to be available, so you could actually make a twenty year plan, a thirty year plan, and just and not worry about it. Uh, and, and that's just, it used to be that way. And then things changed over time. Now, one thing, how did you get into selling this? So uh, that's a, that's a long story. <laughs> how long we got. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I was actually, I was approached by a large uh, financial services firm, um, MetLife, uh, which, you know, People may or may not have heard of. Um, so, and they asked me if I wanted to come work for them. And at first I, I thought, uh, you know, I don't know, life insurance. I don't really know anything about life insurance. They said, well, we do a lot more than life insurance. You know, most of their business at that time, um, what it, it, you know, was in investments and they did auto insurance and liability. And they still, I mean, they're one of the largest life insurance um, and not just in the United States, but like worldwide, they're huge. So, they basically, uh, they, you know, they, they had me come in and they, and after some back and forth, I decided to go work for them. And, um, and I had, and I, I just didn't do very well there. Like I was not the star salesman. I did not, I was not, I was not really a salesperson. Uh, I was interested in kind of how certain products work and I was interested in the process. Like I was interested in how a lot of the, um, you know, like the, the mutual funds, like the inner workings of the mutual funds and how they worked and the inner workings of the life insurance and how that worked. And, uh, and, I, and I was really motivated to learn about that stuff because years and years ago, um, I, you know, I had, this, um, I had this experience where I was, um, I had been laid off from a job and my, a bunch of my coworkers and I were sitting around uh, in a restaurant sort of, um, you know, kind of lamenting the fact that we had just been laid off from these uh, one of the highest paying jobs in the, in the town where I lived. And basically, and this was right around like the dot-com bust. So th there was like the, there was a, a big run up in stocks in the late nineties and then it all fall apart, right? It all, it all kind of came crashing down and a lot of people's retirement got ruined and, uh, by that. And so, and one of my coworkers was, you know, we were sitting there in the, in the booth in this restaurant and I could just remember she was telling me, you know, I, she looked at me, she said, I lost everything. I can't retire. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
and I, and I was very young then I was, I was in my early twenties and I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know hardly anything about how financial markets work. I didn't know anything about the stock market. I, I knew that people contributed to a 401k plan. And because most of my coworkers were older than me, you know, I heard more about it than I think maybe a typical 20 year old would, because that's kind of what they were talking about on their lunch breaks and stuff when they, when we weren't talking about, you know, our work or something or, or what was going on, you know, with the, with their kids at home or something. So that really, that really got me though, because, you know, she was a friend of mine. She was a nice lady. I just couldn't understand, like, and I couldn't understand it in the matter of like a, a month or a couple of months, how her whole world just fell apart. And, and that always stuck with me. That always, that was that planted the seed. So by the time I actually got to MetLife, I was still, I was thinking, man, you know what? I, is there a way like, and, and I was just motivated to figure out how does this work? How do I keep from, how do I, first of all, how do I keep this from happening to me? Uh, was like, was this a one-time thing or is this something that's going to happen? You know, could this happen to me like 20 years from now, 30 years from now? And um, there was this one night where my boss, um, uh, he took me out on a, uh, a trip with him and we were going to see uh, a client of his and he basically he took me out to see, uh, he had put together a financial plan for these people. And we went out to deliver the financial plan. And he basically, he, we got out there and he delivered the plan. It was like a, I don't know, it was like a, a, a thick manuscript. I mean, it almost looked like one of those old telephone books. Mm-hmm. It was huge. And he, uh, he gave them the plan. He collected a check. We drove back to the office and, uh, and he said, this is, that's what it's all about. That's what I want you to learn how to do. And I said, well, that, that's, that seems, that seems pretty easy. I mean, it looked easy. There was a lot of work that went into it, you know, off the, off the uh, kind of behind the scenes, but I said that, that, okay, so what did we just do? You know? And, and he said, well, he said, that's, that's, you know, that's what you got to learn how to do. There's a lot, you know, you get in the computer and you do all this stuff and there's lots of graphs and everything in there. And I said, okay, so, so, so what did it, what did we just do? Like, what did you just handed him this thing? He said, well, that's a financial plan and that's going to map out a lot of different investments that they should be buying and all this other stuff. And I said, oh, that's, that's cool. I said, is that, um, I said, do people actually read all that? I mean, that looked like a big, that's a lot, that's like a lot, a lot of reading material. I said, do people actually read that? He said, I have no idea. <laughs> I said, but I said, but we just took like $3,000 from these people. I mean, they, they got to read it. Right. <laughs> you know? And he said, he said, they might. I said, well, what, well, so what did we do? I mean, really, what did we do here? And so we got back to the office and we kept talking and I said, and I kept asking him questions. I'm not trying to offend him because he's, he's, he's the one that writes my checks, you know? Right. So I, I said, I said, do you, I said, do you do this? Is this what you do with your money? He said, well, I mean, you know, he said, I, you know, I put money in our company 401k and I buy some, you know, some stocks and stuff like that. He said, but uh, he said, most of the money, most of the money that I save goes into our whole life insurance product. And when he said that, I, that, that it just, that hit me, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, it, here's a guy who's been doing this for 30 plus years. And, you know, he's, he puts most of his money in this whole life product. I said, I got to, I got to really buckle down. I got to learn this stuff 
because if this is what this guy's doing and he's, you know, he's basically set up, he was showing me, you know, some of his financial accounts, he's basically set up for life. I got to figure this. I got to know what this is all about. Cause you know, clearly this is, this is what the experts are doing. They're not doing the stuff that, that they're showing other people. Right. And so that, that sort of started the journey. And that, that's when I really got serious about, about uh, designing these custom whole life plans and uh, really, you know, selling this, uh, selling whole life insurance. That is wonderful. And that's way to look at it. I mean, sometimes you have to look at it from the seller's point of view. Sometimes you have to look at it as an investor's point of view, because no one that has money out there doesn't have one of these products. Right. So I there's... Mean, Warren yeah. Buffett, I can bet you he has a life insurance policy somewhere that he can borrow against. Yeah, so 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 Warren Buffett owns a life insurance company. I mean, that's the funny thing about it when people say like, oh, well, Warren Buffett advises people to just buy term insurance and invest in index funds. And uh, meanwhile, ins- Buffett owns an insurance company. So, <laughs> And I just pulled his name off the top of my head. So, yeah, you know, it's serendipitous. But right. If you look at our billionaires or millionaires, you know, they have money that they can pull against somewhere. They don't tell you where it's at, but at the same time, they have it. Yeah. So, so they, I mean, I mean, the thing about life insurance that's kind of tricky is, is that unless somebody discloses it to you, you will never know that they have a policy. The policies are not reportable to the IRS. There's not even a place on your tax return to put a life insurance policy because the cash values are considered to be tax-free in almost every case. I mean, there's some minor cases where, where you will be taxed on it, but it's not reportable to the IRS. And there's, you don't have to report, you don't have to disclose that you have a policy uh, under, uh, except under, you know, very limited circumstance. I mean, if you're a CEO of a, you know, fortune 500 company or something like that, you, there are certain, there's some certain reporting requirements you might have to meet, but, uh, for the average person, small business owner, unless you tell somebody you have it, nobody's going to know. And it's, it's not like this super secret, like you're doing anything shady. It's just nobody, first of all, there's no regulatory agency or bureaucracy that cares and B there's no, there's just, there's, it's not even, you know, any forms that you'd have to fill out, it's not even a consideration. Nobody asks you for the information and they don't want to, they really, they don't want to know. It's not part of whatever formula that you're trying to figure out for taxes or for financial aid or for any of the, any of this, any of the regulatory stuff that you might run into. And so the it's a way, great that you, way to hide money, it's, it's legal. Well, it's, it's, well, right. So I don't want to give people the wrong idea that, that this is some sort, of, some sort of like tax scam. No, it's but, not. I mean, yeah. it's there for later on. It's just a little joke, you know, yeah. but it's a great way to build wealth because you can borrow against it without you right. know, paying huge interest fees. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the, the interest that people pay, um, the interest that people pay, uh, it's kind of funny because people have, um, th- you know, some people have talked about um, this idea of, of uh, you know, using your life insurance policy as a quote unquote bank. So you could borrow money from the insurance company and then pay them back with interest. It, it's funny how that works because you are, as a policy owner, um, if you buy a policy from a mutual insurance company, as a policy owner, you you are in effect part owner of the insurance company. 
And then when you, but when you, but as you use your policy, like if you turn and you're putting on a different hat as a customer, when you're borrowing money from the company. So the interest that you pay, you borrow money, the insurance company charges you interest on the loan. You pay the interest back to the insurance company, which you own. So the money's sort of moving around in this circle. Uh, you know, you're a customer when you borrow, but when you pay the interest back, it, you know, you're paying it back as a, as a, uh, as a policy holder. Once it gets back in the insurance company hand, insurance company's hands, uh, that money is effectively, you know, money that, that is yours anyway. And so all that's doing is all the interest that the insurance company collects on those loans, uh, that's, that's considered profit to the insurance company, which they then turn around and pay back as, as profits, as dividends, you know, at the end of the year when they declare their dividend rates. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just like the circle that goes around. And so you, it's just something that you can't take advantage of using anything else. You really can't because it's just an endless circle. and That's how it stays. Yeah, but we are almost out of time. So where can our okay. listeners and our viewers find you? Yeah, so you, if you want more information about what I'm doing, um, you can go to www.monogenics.com. So that's M-O-N-E-G-E-N-I-X.com. And uh, I've got several hundred different articles that are freely available on the blog. Um, you're, you can peruse at your leisure. Um, if you want to get kind of more in-depth on uh, uh, life insurance and, and other related topics, then uh, you have to join the email list. Um, and uh, once you opt in, you can get a free report called Why Successful Businesses Fail. And that is a uh, very long uh, special report. It kind of it goes into the financial, uh, psychological, and also philosophical reasons why some businesses succeed and others fail. And uh, so any business owner that's kind of looking for uh, kind of shore up their finances and, uh, and build more financial security, uh, definitely feel free to, to sign up to the email list and uh, download that, that special report. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. And for all of our listeners and our viewers, happy reading. <laughs>